Welcome to The M Word, where we bring you unfiltered conversations about all things marketing. Join us as we discuss the many highs and lows, bumps and twists, failures and successes of marketing and running a successful business. We are your hosts, Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Get ready for an uncensored journey into the world of marketing. Hi. On today's episode, you are listening to Heather and I. We are not having a guest today because Heather and I realize we have plenty of um, lessons learned, a little screw up here and there that uh, we can do a whole show about this. So hi, Heather. Hi, Jennifer. Why don't you share a little bit more about what we're going to talk about? Yeah, so as we were pre-gaming, as Jennifer said, we talked a lot about the importance of first impressions, especially in marketing, uh, whether that be showing up for a new client, showing up for a new employer, a contractor, a networking event, that first impression really sets the stage and the tone for the engagement or the relationship. Um, And it's just so important that that first impression goes off without a hitch. Which really is what marketing is, right? It's when we think about whatever your brand is, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, if it's an advertisement, if it's a post, if it's your tabling somewhere, you are trying to position your brand in front of an audience and make a good enough first impression or a compelling enough first impression that folks pay attention more than three seconds and get to know your brand or your product or your service. Um, So given that, what, what uh, what is the fuck up that you want to talk about today, Heather, have to do with, have to do with any of that. Yeah. So one of my fuck ups was with a brand new client. We had just started an engagement with them offering social media management and content writing creation. And we did one of our first posts and had spelled the company's name wrong. Now I might argue it wasn't completely wrong. I think the apostrophe was in the wrong place. And you know how some names have like, they hyphenate or they capitalize the first and the second, you know, there, I could argue the it was small nuances <laughs> right. of, of, of how they liked their name presented perhaps. Thank you. But we did not do it correct. And as being this was one of the first times that we were representing them online in a public matter, it looked really bad. And I then had to explain to their CEO why they should keep us on. He was very unhappy with with our first impression um, of us representing their company. And that was such an uncomfortable conversation, but also a very good one in that it really does matter how you show up for these things. Um, and you never know when, who's going to see what the first time, right? Right. And like, I think the example that you're sharing, it's not that we made a poor impression to their target audience. This was, this was not anything noticeable, but it made a poor impression directly to the client. And, you know, I, I would argue that this example, um, we were it put us on the, our back foot and we were playing catch up probably for the remainder of that engagement. We were thankfully able to, I think, turn that around into a trusting uh, relationship. We produced really quality work for this particular client, but it's, it's, you feel that you're constantly making up for that early impression. Yes, it was an intense engagement relationship. And I remember telling the team, 
we cannot fuck up again. We will lose this client. And we didn't. <laughs> right. I, we, the client eventually transitioned internal. And we, we often see that as a success with a lot of our clients. But in this particular case, we're able to maintain that for the length of a, of a pretty decent long engagement. Um, but it's also an example where, you know, some of these tools that we rely on in marketing, like spell check, it doesn't work on proper nouns that might be presented in a unique way. You, you can't uh, automate some of that stuff and it takes human conscientiousness, I can't say that word, mm-hmm. to, to really make this stuff work. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about maybe what you do now differently, if anything? Yeah, I think you make a good point. So now I have Grammarly and spell check. Like I have all of these AI tools, bots, programmed on on both of my computers because whether I'm working on my laptop or my desktop, you know, they're they're gonna catch things. But to your point in that it may not be a conventional way to write something, I need a human set of eyes to do a, a second layer or a double check. Um, and so that might be, you know, a contractor or a colleague to look through it again and just make sure that there are no typing errors, grammatical errors. Um, I also think one thing that helps a lot is making sure that the client reviews everything before it goes out. So it's kind of like a checks and balance of please review all this content before we get it scheduled. Um, and, And letting them know that you need them too to look for the spelling, the gr- the grammar, um, and the voice. Like, is this, is this coming out the way that we want to be representing the business? So I do think it's both tools and people. It is. And it sort of highlights the partnership between client and, and any vendor, because especially to that voice part, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And, and no matter how well we get onboarded with a client, there might be particularly particular nuances or, you know, conventions internally in a brand that you really want a client to, you know, have that last check. I mean, ultimately our goal is that it takes them moments to, to review because we've nailed everything perfectly. Um, and, you know, but it is all, always good. And, and, you know, this goes too with when you're using client supplied images and graphics. I mean, we have a particular client that um, works with um, youth and, not all the images that they might be able to use internally are approved to use externally. So it creates extra sort of um, demands on checks and balances because you do want to respect their clients and, and the people they're serving, um, their, the privacy. Um, and no matter how good of a you know rule system you might have in place that they're only going to share photos that are approved, for example, there often are ones that get slipped in there. And so having that, that check and that review before, with the images that are going to go out um, so that they could be carefully reviewed by the client is really, really important all around. So it does take a t- partnership there. I agree. And I think that, you know, that partnership and trust and relationship takes time to build. And so putting in that extra little bit of effort in the beginning as you're building that trust is really important. Um, and, you know, like you said in the beginning, there's going to be things that only internally would you know that like whether it's font or the shade of blue that they used in a graphic, like no one in their audience or online is going to call you out on that. But knowing that it's the right font, the right color internally, again, you're just building that trust with the client and so that they know that you're representing them in the best way you can. So... Okay, so this is, I think, a really 
honest example of where um, we may have oopsie daisied along the way. So, Heather, can we talk about like with this? You know, we always talk about those lessons learned that we wish we didn't have to keep learning. But um, how how do you proactively make that good impression uh, with a client up front and avoid this type of setback? I think one thing is setting expectations, you know, making sure that in your scope of work, um, you know, it's very, everything's very clearly defined what you as the agency or the marketing professional is going to be bringing to the table, what you're offering, where they can help. I mean, some of these um, situations like us as marketers may not be in every meeting with the client. So we're not hearing the things that are happening behind the scenes. We need the client to be keeping us up to date, making sure that we know that, oh yes, I know we wanted to share that piece of content last week, but things have changed. You know, now someone isn't involved anymore and we need to pull that out. So I think it's it's establishing those expectations. It's creating those lines of communication. Um, and it's also, you know, we're all human. Of course, we're going to make mistakes. Of course, there's going to be a typo at some point, but I think having each other's back and I think it's how you react to your mistake. I think that is exactly right. I think it is owning it. And, you know, I was sharing with you, I worked with a client and, um, this is semi first impression, but where, uh, we, we're internalizing some of our ads management capability with a very um, young, inexperienced um, employee. And we didn't have that internal checks and balance in place to be able to, you know, sort of authenticate that the, the work that was being done was to standard. And when it was discovered that it wasn't, um, my reaction was I refunded the money that he'd, I mean, Google made out in this case, they got the money anyway, but it was, it was the right thing to do. And I think that is what kept that relationship strong. And to this day is a client because, um, it builds trust if you own up to your mistakes. I think that, you know, any mistake and we will continue to make this hopefully different ones along the way. Um, it just, you end up looking so much better if you own it and change it. And, and can assure your client that you're going to be um, on top of it and, and amend going forward. As long as you don't continue to make the same mistake. But I think, you know, to the point you made earlier, how it sets you back and in, in building that relationship and that trust way up front. Yeah, and I, I mean, I commend you on, on doing that. I think so often we could have talked our way out of it. Well, it wasn't that bad. Or, well, you know, I had a junior person. You could have made a million excuses why it ended up the way it did and not paid them back. But I think the fact that you did, you owned it, um, that that builds your trust with them. They're gonna tell their friends, colleagues, associates that they trust you. And then that's, again, you're, you're living up to the values and mission of your own business. That's right. And I think, you know, when it comes to, we started this with what makes a great first impression, but what I think continues, the, I think the best thing you could do in any sort of marketing is do really good, do a great job. That doesn't mean there won't be a mistake along the way, but it's it's owning up to it, it's making up for it, and it's getting the client where they need to be regardless. So it's that idea of, you know, you can spend a million dollars on marketing, but if you're continually putting out shitty work, you're not going to grow. You're going to get a lot of inquiries and then you're going to mess up and they're going to leave. Like, so the best thing you could do for marketing is, is 
do what you say you're going to do and do a good job at it. Yeah. And I think checking in with your client on a regular basis too, you know, ask them, how's it going? Maybe they haven't said that you fucked up, but that doesn't mean that they're happy either. Like, I think you need to be constantly checking in. Like, how do you think things are going? How, how is this process? How is the voice that you're seeing online coming out? Like, are you happy with our work? I think just having those regular check-ins can also let you know as the marketer, do you need to pivot? Are you doing the right things? Did our expectations different? Do we need to have that conversation again? Um, I would just, don't just assume that everything's going well because they haven't gotten angry about something. That's right. Because the last thing you want to do is the day they quit, then they unload on all the things that maybe you could have fixed along the way, which, you know, you and I both, Heather, we are uh, conflict avoidant. We, we both know that it's a challenge to be in a management role or a leadership role when you are such uh, avoidant. But um, when it comes to ensuring the, the happiness of people who are paying you, you can't avoid knowing. And it's such a good point. And I, I mean, I work with a business coach all the time. Like, do you have quarterly check-ins? Are you at, and there's this like human instinct to like not want to know if something's going wrong because, oh my God, that might be embarrassing. But I, I think it's, it's such a good point that we have to internalize that as, as a routine. Well, and yes, we are both conflict avoidant. I, it feels so uncomfortable to me. And yet I think it's through being uncomfortable that we grow. I mean, it's like, we just have to keep walking through it. Um, I mean, can I give you another fuck up I had? Oh, please. So I had a, a young contractor who I, I don't think we had clear expectations of her role. I don't, we obviously didn't have good communication and she, what I thought, I thought she ghosted me for several weeks, but she in fact was on vacation and just hadn't checked in. And instead of making it into a learning opportunity, I just fired her. And I still to this day feel terrible about it because I wasn't a good leader. Uh, and I did it because I was afraid of the conflict and I was mad. Like I let my emotion get the best of me and just let her go. Um, and, and instead of going to her and saying like, where, where did we go wrong? Like my expectation was this, what was your expectation? And hearing from her, she may have thought something completely different because we, but because we didn't communicate, because I didn't have that much needed conversation, I let her go and who knows what she said to her friends and colleagues. <laughs> it's it's funny though, and I think this has got to be a whole other episode, this idea of like, you're a very good communicator. You do it professionally. You put out messaging. You, uh, you make things clear and accessible to target audiences, no matter who they are going to be. And then, but internally, in terms of leadership and management and internal communications, it's like a whole other ball game. And it doesn't, the fact you're a really good marketer doesn't mean it doesn't become challenging to like, it's almost like a slow down look in, inside and, and, you know, figure out how to communicate uh, internally. It's not marketing anymore. That's, it's different. It's harder. It's a different type of communication. So true. So true. Uh, yeah. I think we could absolutely have a whole episode on just internal communication and, how to address your fears and how to feel uncomfortable and what does that mean? And there's lots there. 
yeah, there, there, there are lots there. But, you know, before we close this out, I think, you know, I would love to hear from listeners in terms of what do they do to ensure good first impressions, um, you know, sort of marketing yourself uh, in whatever your role is, but then also, you know, what can brands do? Uh, and this is an open call. If you've, if you've got a story here, we want to hear it um, on the M word, but, you know, how do, how do brands maintain those good first impressions? I think brands do really good job of, you know, keeping current customers informed and, uh, but how do you, how do you make that impression the first time in, in a way that's beneficial? We'd love to hear your story um, here on the M word and you can reach us info at arlingtonstrategy.com with those ideas and that feedback and we'll talk to you more soon. Bye. Bye. The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelbart. Our theme music is by Ben Mulchandani, also known as Moochie. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan and Emily Rare. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani. 